this should be the era. It's gangsters and busters from every hood. And then it's mediocre niggas. You always demand respect, always. No matter what, how old you get, who you are, what you do, you always demand respect. He is one of the greatest of this era. I would like them to think about our current era as a period of opportunity. We live in an era. We all trying to be rich niggas, man. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. That man doing what he got to do, and I'm going to do what I got to do. You know what right. I'm saying? All we know how to do is just survive. So we just survive what we have to do and, and live by our tactics and our ways just to make sure we survive. That's the block. I'm married to the block. What's going on? It's Freak Man, the CEO, and I'm here with my boy Fab Brown, and this is the Era Podcast. Today, we'll be giving you a rundown on Dylan Franchise Boys. This is an Atlanta-based group that came out in the early 2000s with hits like YT and Oh, They Think They Like Me. All right, so Dylan Franchise Boys, YT, a rap group from Atlanta, like you stated before. It was a, a group with four dudes. Pale, Pimpin', Jizzle Man, and Buddy. They released this song in that Snap Your Fingers era of Southern rap. You had artists like Juvenile with the Know You Clout, T.I., Bring Em Out, Peter Pablo, Freak Elite, Lil Wayne, Go, G, Go DJ, my bad, Jaquan, Tipsy, Lil Scrappy, Trivia, Young Buck. Uh, the video starts off with some black guy named Robert Watson, Watson doing these 2004 music video style intros with some some like corny comic comedic sketch um intros were a big thing back then and for albums and stuff or interludes put it like that i guess i guess this was a version of a corny black guy in a suit doing fake news broadcasts with no real funny jokes that aren't relevant in 2020, but it may have been relevant when we was like, I don't know remember when this came out. We was like in eighth grade or just beginning high school. I don't remember if it was funny or not, but you know. So I feel that the guy, uh, what's his, uh, let me start off. What's the guy's name? Robert Watson. All right. I definitely feel Robert Watson's um, intro in the beginning of Franchise Boys was relevant to that era, you know, what they were doing during that time because you had many artists doing that mixtape era, doing the skits. So skits were a big thing, but now in 2020, that might not have been the funniest thing, but it was a great way to bring in uh, what uh, we'll see maybe to be a great video. So the video starts off with the group in white tees. And then the next shot is a bunch of people, like maybe 20 people walking down the street in white tees themselves. Do you remember that moment happening or was it just like vague? I do remember that moment. You know, I remember seeing the video for the first time and then seeing how it picked up in the city scene and the street scene. And I, at the age, I, I can't remember what age I was, but at the, at the time, but you know, I do remember that that was an era of the YT, that was a statement that it took over. So let's get into the lyrics because this is why I love these types of rap. Some schools actually ban motherfucking white tees for real for real. <laughs> because black people, as much as we say we fight each other, this this uh white tee era moved hip hop. Black people really do move in waves of one. 
the whole black community was rocking white tees to the point where, <laughs> where people felt like we were pressuring them because they saw, saw this from a whole unanimous culture of black people wearing white t-shirts in one given moment and it, it just happened so fast i don't think they're ready for it what you got to say about schools actually banning white tees that shit should be illegal for real i did disagree with it probably because i was one of the kids who would want to wear a white tee and at that time we had to wear uniforms i didn't go through the banning of it but man just to ban a white tee i don't that that if we live in america right you know that goes against everything we believe in. And, you know, just wearing a white tee shouldn't be a statement so bad that really, you know, affects people that bad, you know? First verse, I'm going to take away three points from the first verse. This was Pale. Pale is obvious. Well, to me, Pale is the coolest member of them franchise, boy. Everybody want to be Pale. So one thing, the flow he had in the verse is low-key still five and plus parlay's dancing that was one point the location of the video or his um his part was kind of fire and the number of people in the video if you replay that them franchise white t video it is a lot of fucking people at this video shoot and it seemed like everybody know the fucking song that one thing when i look at people videos if you're in a crowd of people don't nobody know the song but you as the rapper like you should be embarrassed you shouldn't be that hyped about it for real like your song ain't that popular like the whole it was a different era of music too with you know songs held more weight but it changed it it changed it changed a lot for me so i think parlay was definitely the the standout in the group you know and that was easy to tell from the right from the beginning uh going through the verse and you know and you know me knowing the whole song it's it's is he's not saying anything that's just too extravagant or too crazy which you didn't really need down south at the time and still to this day don't really need but uh i think some of the things he said uh you know was was it 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 was great for the time, you know. It rolled the beat perfectly. Um, they he got Parlay got the, his point across, and he he hey man hey we down south. You ride the beat, you get your point across, and and hey you make it catchy. You got you you got your hit. So the first verse is a go for me. Shout out to Parlay. Second verse, pimping. After after parlay, I really lost. I didn't know any other group members' uh, names till so I went back. I ain't. I'm not even gonna lie. I did not know other than parlay. I ain't know these people's name, but I put them together. So the second verse was pimping. As far as I know, I think I got that right. His verse was good. It did have uh, the popular line. Oh, I think they like me because the diamonds shine so brightly, or something like that. That was the next song, one of the next songs they had. So that was a big takeaway. And then he had a, uh, no, oh, I th they like them diamonds because they shine so brightly. Oh, I think they like me. Uh, the only thing I didn't know when the when the hook came back around, I didn't know who the hell was on the hook. That was the only prime. I, I think it was all four of them doing different parts of it, but I can't really tell. Cause the fourth member, it seemed like he may have been the person that wrote the uh the hook. Jizzle man, it seemed like it, cause he was in the video a lot. 
on the hook part and he ain't had no verse. That was the only confusing part that I had on verse two. So for me, um, uh, like you said, I didn't know. Honestly, when this first started, I didn't know who any of them were. I just knew them franchise boys, honest, and knocked me, but that's for a couple years. That's all I knew. And then I got older and got into music. That's when I understood who Jizzle Man and, um, you know, Parlay and the other guys were. But, yeah, second verse, didn't didn't know. Um, this was another verse that pretty much they just rolled the beat. And all you got to do is keep the cadence with this. It was during that snap era. They were pioneers during the snap era. But, you know, they understood at the time all they had to do was ride the beat. And and this was this was a go. And like you said, uh, uh, breaking down the second verse, the, oh, I think they like me, and they turned that into uh, – uh, you know, their second single. I don't knock that. I'm really for that. You know what I'm saying? If you got a part in that in that first song that you think could have been way bigger, why not cut it up, chop it up, turn it into a song, back then put a snap beat to it, boom, you got you another hit. All right, we're going to move to the third verse. The third verse is Buddy. I don't really remember the third verse because I think the most of the music, when we listened to it back then, was on the radio or at like a, a team party maybe. So I think the DJs will usually cut it by the end of the second verse. I want to say that, but this is Buddy. He passed away from cancer in night 2000, last year, or yeah, last year, 2019. I forget what month it was, but when I was uh, researching this video, that's what I found popped up. Um, after reading the, going back through his lyrics for this verse, he had the streetest verse, even though this was, we get get into it later about how this pioneered a whole bunch of uh, you know, racial debates and you know, uh, classes classes debates I guess on you know, uh, impoverished communities, banging these trap records so hard. But he had the streetest verse, and I was just like, damn, I ain't realized that. That was my only takeaway from verse three. Yeah, so uh, verse three for me, I'm going to be honest, uh, even reading through the lyrics, I got a couple throwbacks, uh, just I choose not to wear them, white tea extravaganza. Uh, like I think I remember that, but I feel like maybe if the song was on and, you know, had, had some of that boost juice in me or whatever, <laughs> uh, I, I could definitely uh probably recall the verse but right now off top i don't remember the third verse and this was during the radio era where you're not getting you're not gonna get a whole song back then they had yeah, songs back then were to four or five maybe six minutes long so you got two minutes 15 seconds you know the best parts the dj is gonna play the best parts and that's usually the beginning of the song which might not even be the best part but it's the first thing people hear, and for this to be a new song, you know, hey, that that parlay and uh, parlay and Jizzle Man really took over. And I'll repeat it, buddy, but I'm sorry, buddy. I don't think that many people would know your verse, and there's no knock on you or anything, but that's just how I went during them times and still today. All right, so my last takeaway, uh. I guess opinion-based takeaway. This song was a, a staple in rap culture for a while. This song got sampled, remixed, the style stolen. 
if you remember, uh, I don't want to say like stolen sound, but it became so popular. You would hear their pieces of their verses on like, you remember those slow, like, oh, them sample beats, like, oh, I think they like me. Oh, I think they like, and there'll be another artist. It's like, dang, y'all just took their whole shit, made a new song, new beat. But, and I remember Lil Wayne doing it on his mixtapes. Like, he he did, uh, one of his biggest songs was that Nuck If You Buck freestyle. So to me, this style is offspring now in 2020 with artists like Stunner for Vegas. The Migos kind of use the same beat style from time to time. Soldier Boy definitely used the same beat style. NLE Chopper. Fruity Loops had launched in 1997. So it was a couple years after that that songs like this with the Fruity Loops sound started making their way into mainstream music. The sad part about me, I'm a photographer. So one of the things we like to have as photographers or videographers is our name recognition somewhere on the video or somewhere in the history of this making of this video plus this big song. I could not find no information on Wikipedia, Google. Like, There's no record of, of your video work for this big ass song from 2004 or whatever, but that's my takeaway. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this video, um, if I had to give it a grade, and I'm not sure if we're grade right now, but if I had to give the whole video a grade, it's definitely a B plus to B song for me. Um, uh, my 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 biggest pro was this was the start of an era that still goes on, as you can see. I'm rocking the white tee right now, not the same style, but you know, uh, still the same concept. So they started an era that uh, they started. They were pioneers to something that was much bigger than them. Than them, and I'm sorry that they got swamped in it. But that's usually how it goes in most cases like this. And my biggest con is, um, yeah, back then, um, if you had a group, unless you really knew the group, especially in the down south, you damn near thought it was one person. Or, or you don't know who anybody is, and you don't really care as long as it's a good song. And like uh, Fab said, as photographers, videographers, directors, everything in that line of work, you, you want to be recognized to continue your work on. So not seeing the director's name or anybody who worked on it, that was a letdown for me just because I wanted to see what he was doing right now and did he progress. All right, so lastly, I want to read. I found this news article about the a huge thing about this video was the fashion statement of the white tee. It seems so simple, but back then it was a huge deal. So it's a news article after I did my Googles on the franchise board. A news article from August 7, 2006, from a guy named Mustafa Ayad that worked at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The title of this news article was called White T-Shirt is Fashion Necessity with Bad Rep. Rep. Okay. So I'm going to just, I highlighted some pieces. I'm going to read them to you and see what you think about them. He says, they hang like dropes over the frames of spindly boys and pot-bellied men alike. Blowing in the wind sometimes wrapped around heads like a turban fighting off the glare of the sunshine. Supersized white t-shirts are staples among urban youths and suburban wannabes. The white tee has surfaced as a phenom 
of a phenomenon of its own. I don't know how to respond to that. Like, all right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to. I don't know. I really, I ain't trying to be funny. Like a nigga don't know how to respond to that one. Some more about the some more excerpts in it. A ode to the shirt by the rap group Dem Franchise Boys sums up the feeling held up deep within the movement of the crisp, clean white tee wearers. I slang in my white tee, I bang in my white tee, all in the club spin game in my white tee, I bling in my white tee. The white tee, as amplified by the drug references in the song, has also surfaced as a common element in several police descriptions broadcast emergency dispatchers for suspects, rowdy teens, and groups of loitering youths. You see how that that shit got so racial so quick. Yeah. How you feel about that? So I definitely think that uh, they use YT during the era to definitely categorize the type of person. And then especially, uh, we didn't help them out with the style, with how large they were and and, you know, things of that matter. But when you think about it, man, I don't really know how to, because now you're on the news, you're more on the news base type. Like, I don't even know how to respond to that. I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping this part in there, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, next piece to the excerpt. Students have been suspended for wearing white tees at schools around the country because administrators say the shirts indicate gang affiliation. Though white t-shirts do not seem to be tied to specific gangs. I'm like, what gang you heard of in your hood that wear the white tees, bro? I, uh, coming out of Tuskegee, I don't think any particular gang wore white tees for a certain reason. Hell, at that time, everybody wore white tees. So, I don't know, maybe it wasn't such a bad thing to get that descriptive, you know, uh, he's uh, a black male, 6'3", and he's got a white tee. You come to Tuskegee, that's half of us down there. Jeff Cobbs, a 37-year-old disc jockey from Braddock, says, quote, People see a white tee and automatically think you're a hoodlum. You would look at me different if I was wearing a suit. No shit. <laughs> There's a stigma that comes with wearing a white tee. Unquote. End quote. Narcotics detectives spend a considerable amount of time interacting with people in the street and have noticed that different colored t-shirts are indicators of the particular neighborhood someone claims. This is from 2006. <laughs> well, just responding to that, I think that's total bullshit. <laughs> so I think that's pretty fucking in general. Yeah, they, yeah, okay. They, they got the narcotic units in the neighborhoods. But that's a real general statement. Like, I don't think this, uh, what we're talking about, really falls in this category. These are guys at the time, these are teenagers, maybe maybe in their early 20s. I don't know the ages at the time, but these were guys who were just making songs and having fun. And to me, I believe that's all it was. They was like, hey, man, 
what can we do to get rich? And knowing kids that's from the hood and being from Tuskegee, Alabama, man, I kind of understand. I just want to make a hit song. And if I can get everybody to wear, the white, wear white tees, that's a good thing. Why are y'all trying to they wrote, wrote me in with this whole gang affiliation and gang culture? Because it was not that. It was only a song. <laughs> I, I feel that. The last one, the last two, it's two statements from two different dudes about explaining why they wear white tees. And I'm going to read these to you. And you say, what they, <laughs> what you think about this? Mr. Wall, who was wearing a quadruple X large white tee, said to avoid unnecessary shrinkage in your wash, the shirts have to be big. Okay, that's one. Standing on the corner of Fifth and Liberty Avenues, I don't even know what that word. Engulf, engulfed in a triple. Oh, engulfed in a triple X large white tee that shrouds his 135 pound body. Lloyd Benjamin, 17 year old of Atlanta, said he wears the ridiculously large T-shirts because they match his shoes. So I don't know about the reasoning. Really, the first quote is hilarious to me because I don't really know about the reasoning if getting it if i was getting it to avoid from shrinkage because i had to be i don't know what year did it come out uh uh my computer what year did it come oh uh so in the year that it came out pretty much uh i was wearing it big i had to be wearing the 3x and i had to be like maybe 11 10 11 during this time 12 maybe and so that that's that's a hilarious reason to me. But now the second reason, what was the second reason again? <laughs> Match okay. my shoes. So, okay, and the second reason, I think that's a little more feasible. Yeah, during that time we were wearing Reebok Classics. We were wearing uh, K-Swiss. Air Force Ones were definitely having their run right after this when Nelly had, when Nelly dropped, um, uh, Air Force Ones. So yeah, definitely. So that's two great reasons, you know, to back that claim. All right. So for me, my grade for this song, video, combination, fashion, impact, longevity, I'm giving it a A. I would give it an A plus except for the longevity. I don't know, like to me, the only thing, only other song that compares to this is Nuck If You Buck. And Nuck If You Buck still is ringing off in clubs. So I, if you compare the two from that era, White T is is there. Like kids kind of know it, but they definitely know Nuck If You Buck. Like you could play Nuck If You Buck to 18 year olds in the club right now and they know it almost word for word. And they're going to be just as hyped as they was back in the day, the same, I, that 30-year-old generation that came out with Nucky, but still gonna be hype. They'll be hype for white tea, but I don't think as hype. That's what I give it an A. But the fashion and its impact on culture at the time was as big as it gets. I, I'm sure they should have been, they should have been most 10, each one of them should have had 10, 12 million dollars in the bank because of that song. But we know how the industry is. So I don't know if that ever happened, but they made a huge impact on uh, hip hop culture and black culture by itself. All right. So like I said earlier, the grade I have to give them is definitely for me a B plus. 
So impact, you know, and if I did this on a, a, a grading scale, I would do it as such. So impact, they definitely get an A. They were pioneers for an era that I feel is still around, and they started it. The, the the trendy fashion of the big tees and, and you know, we were already wearing them, but, you know, they have a more uniform look. So you had the, the full white tees that graduated into everybody rocking the jerseys and it graduating to what it is now. But uh, so for Impact, they definitely get an A. Now, um, you know, longevity, that was where I gave them the C because they made a song that was so catchy but it made it way too easy for anybody else to take their format and pretty much remake it. And we saw that a lot. So, you know, I give them a C for that. So for the whole song, Impact, and oh, not let me, uh, to not let me forget lyricism, I gave them a B because, you know, with, with, is, you know we're down soft. We didn't really have many lyricists. Oh, we did, but they weren't at the forefront of the music scene at the time. And so, you know, lyrics, they get a B for me. So the overall grade I give them is definitely a B plus, man. Shout out to the franchise board. All right, so there you have it. That's the franchise boys, which we gave an overall grade of about an A minus, man. I'm Freak Man with my partner, Fab Brown, and we are the era and we're out. This should be the era. It's gangsters and busters from every hood. And it's mediocre niggas. You always demand respect. Always. No matter what, how old you get, who you are, what you do, you always demand respect. He is one of the greatest of this era. I would like them to think about our current era as a period of opportunity. We live in an era. We all trying to be rich niggas, man. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. That man doing what he got to do. And I'm gonna do what I gotta do, you know what right. I'm saying? All we know how to do is just survive. So we just survive what we have to do and, and live by our tactics and our ways just to make sure we survive. That's the block. I'm married to the block.